This podcast contains detailed plot spoilers, adult language, and mature themes. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to a podcast of rare antiquities. We are continuing our episode by episode review of Star Trek Picard, episode nine. I am your host, Jeff. This is Harry once again. Yeah, man. Welcome back. We just actually had a huge conversation about how's it going. So I guess we can, <laughs> we can skip that for the, for the show, but uh, yeah. we're all in the throes of self isolation here and, um, hoping not to become red shirts, I guess. So. Hoping not to become richer. Well, red shirts always died violent deaths. They very rarely died slowly of uh, new and interesting diseases, you know? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. They were usually eaten or phasered or blown out of an airlock or... Well, uh, actually, I want to ask you a question since we're talking about red shirts. Hmm. What's, uh, just off the top of your head, what's your favorite red shirt? Uh, what's my red favorite shirt red, yeah. shirt red shirt? I am going to say my, it popped into my head and it got such a laugh out of me that I'm going to say that motherfucker in that shuttle in, uh, in JJ track 09 when Sulu Kirk and the red shirt were doing that drop onto the drill. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he said and he was going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. He <laughs> just got cooked cause he, he didn't pull his chute soon enough or too too late or something, and he got sucked into the beam. He was such a dipshit. I don't know if that's my absolute favorite, but right now it's one in my head, and I love that poor bastard. It's <laughs> a good pick. It's a good pick. So my, yeah. mine is from TNG. You know that episode, I think it's season two, with uh, Nagilam? Mm-hmm. And he starts torturing the crew because he's experimenting about death, and you see the, the guy at the helm. Yeah. Black guy. And this has become such a gift that I use over and over again. And he just kind of starts shaking his head, grabs his head and goes, (laughs) yeah, that was a guy like that one too. Man, that's like my favorite. I love that one. You got to hand it to that actor, right? Because he had absolutely nothing to work with, right? There's no props. You're not getting fake shot with a phaser or rocks falling on you or a console blowing up. He just had to stand up and die. He He was sitting and died, but that was great. Yeah, sat and died. I love that episode, actually. I feel like it's unfairly maligned. I actually really like season two of TNG, but uh, yeah, that's a good that's a good pick. That, that is a good episode, for sure. One of the better on season two. But yeah, we are not talking about season two of TNG today. We are we are thirty years past that moment on episode nine, uh, Picard. Yeah. So how'd you like this episode, Harry? Mixed bag. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> if I want to just put a bluntly, and then we could get into the weeds later. Yeah. No, I I actually didn't care for this episode um, at all. So. Um, there are elements that I like in this episode, and like I would mm. say more that's on the visual level. Mm. I was tantalized on that aspect, but story as per the course of this season has not been strong. And I have a lot of questions about what is going on here and what is the theme and I don't even know. Mm. So we'll get into it, I guess. I don't know. How yeah. about yourself? I think I'm right there with you. I The show has tested my patience at many points, and I have definitely remained optimistic. And that's not to say that there aren't points and, and whole episodes that I have. Like, I've enjoyed lots of what I've seen. I've never been bored. I never felt like anything was a slog. But this episode, I was like, okay, well, this is episode nine. We got one left. 
that's just kind of where I was left. But we'll we'll kind of get into it. But yeah, I didn't I did not care for this episode. It was definitely one of the weaker ones for me, if not the weakest. But but yeah, like visually, I think I agree that there was a lot of cool visuals, and that sort of started right off the top. So we we open with a uh, with the space pursuit. They come out of the uh, the Borg transwarp conduit. Narek hot on the heels of the La Serena, and there's a little bit of a space battle here. Yeah, I liked what I saw there, even yeah. though it was short lived. It was short lived. Yeah, it was. But yeah, I liked what I saw. I kind of liked uh, Narek's little gambit there, where he fooled them into thinking, like he knew how to take advantage of them because they were they're human, they're Federation officers, right? So he knew they'd take compassion on his ships. He suckered them in there, so I thought that was good. It was with the hologram, <clears throat> like, kind of like a hologram, holographic image of him. It was almost like a more futuristic Picard maneuver. Mm, yeah, that's right. Kind of was. Yeah, he outmaneuvered Picard in his own maneuver. That's right. He did, <laughs> which is interesting because he's such a dipshit. But uh, yeah, that was good, and I love the I love the image of the board cube, mm-hmm. uh, the artifact coming mm-hmm. out of the conduit there. Uh, yeah, that, the I, I was like, okay, oh baby, and mm-hmm. then it kind of just fizzled. Yeah, it did just kind of fizzle, and you know what? I was sort of expecting it to to just fizzle because that one board cube would have made short work of a tiny little Romulan. Scout ship, effectively, was what what it was, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it's not like it was flying into uh, it, it, it's sort of reminiscent of the Enterprise flying into the battle in First Contact, but that was different. Like there was a huge battle going on, right? This is just two ships, and the Borg cube comes in, but it looked cool. And then we get the the space orchids. I like this so, actually. I did too. I, yeah. I thought it's finally something new and interesting. And what I really liked outside of the visuals, and it's obviously they blew their entire budget of the season in this episode. (laughs) So it looked fantastic. But I liked the fact that it seemed to be a design of peace and just kind of neutralizing any ship or Mm -hmm. neutralizing the armaments of any potential threat that would be coming to them. And it was more just, okay, we're just going to kind of depower them, neutralize them. And then opportunity to talk, negotiate, or whatnot. It wasn't something that was going to crush or destroy. I enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. very Star Trek. Very Star Trek, and I thought that yeah. was great. Agreed. Yeah, very strong. I think that was the strongest part of the episode. And in fact, one of the strongest points of the... Well, maybe not one of the strongest points of the season, because it's an effect shot. But yeah, absolutely. It uh, was creative, very Star Trek. Uh, it was great. So we get down to the planet... And uh, Picard's had a bit of an episode, and this is where he reveals his his illness to the rest of the crew. So I guess this is an important piece here. I don't know. I was a little bit mixed on it. I, I appreciate the fact that he, from a if if you were to plant yourself in that situation and this was reality, mm-hmm. I'm all for him revealing it. You know, because it got out. I think Agnes found out, or who found out, or. Well, he, cause he, he kind of passed out in the chair there, right? So oh, they, that's right. so I think she was the one who was scanning, Agnes, right? Agnes, that's right. Agnes was, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I'm okay with him revealing it. I, I think that's cool. No problem there. I just think the, I liked most of the crew's kind of reaction in the sense that, okay, you know, this is a somewhat of a shock, but it's not too bad. I just felt the over, only overreaction was Agnes. Once again, mm. like, you know, Allison Pill can do the emotional cry uh, and the quiver of the lip on cue as a master, no problem, but. Mm-hmm. It's just happening over and over and over again, and I feel that's all she's good for on the show so far. Yeah. And that's too bad. So an overreaction there, but it's okay. I think everyone else had an okay. I think Rafi had the most appropriate reaction. She was a bit taken back, but 
she's ready to go forward. Like she realizes this is his mission. Right. She did the best job because she, you can see she's affected by it, but she's like, she's holding it together, but just like barely holding it together. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I feel feel like that works for her character. I I agree with Agnes. Like, yeah, she's, she's, she just has a, she doesn't have much to work with. Right. And it's like these other, she doesn't really know the guy, you know? So what's her connection? She's just, yeah, it's too bad. I mean, I don't, I don't really know the function of this character on this show mm-hmm. at all, except to have a name like Allison Pill. You know, with all due respect to Allison Pill, she's not an A-lister. I don't even know if she's no. a B-lister. So that's okay. It's name recogn- some name recognition to draw someone to the show, I guess. But I'm not sure beyond that functionality and marketing is there any reason this character needs to be here yeah i feel like there was like the producers or the writers or whomever was like i really like allison pill i want to work with her let's i want to put her on the show and that's fine because i like her too i think she's good and i i like to see her in things but i feel like they made the decision backwards you know like let's put her on the show okay what do we do okay and then they kind of like wrote a thing for her and so it it definitely feels shoehorned in because the only purpose she served so far was to kill maddox that's right that act didn't really even mean much for the show no because he doesn't mean much anyways as we're getting gonna get to know shortly here right yeah so let's we'll get to that point so he shares okay so they know he's got the illness they're on the planet and they decide so picard they know where they need to go but picard diverts them to hike on over to the artifact uh, to see, because he has friends over there, obviously. I just um, want to say before we get to the Borg Cube, mm-hmm. I love the sets outside of the La Serena. Mm-hmm. And you have the desert, you got the sand. So it's a blend of probably some soundstage with sand and that outer hull of the ship and then some CGI. And uh, for the horizon, and I thought that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, great yeah. A stuff going on there. Yep, it looked great. Like you said, they, they blew the whole budget of, of the uh, season on this episode here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it definitely looked great. I mean, I'll say, I mean, I know, I, I know that you've had maybe more issues with the look of the show than I have, but I, I think overall the look of the show has been pretty good. Like it has that cinematic quality to, to it. Yeah. I think they've done a good job overall with the visuals from, from start to finish. I mostly agree. It just feels like, especially in the first few episodes, it felt more like something I could see in any other TV sci-fi show. Mm -hmm. And I think that some of it has improved slightly since then. This episode has helped. I just felt like I didn't want Star Trek to look like any other generic modern sci-fi show yeah that's yeah. what it, the first few episodes it came off as sure uh, visually yeah. and then i just i felt like okay am i watching serenity the expanse or whatever other you know mumbo jumbo mm-hmm. sci-fi shows out there that i don't watch but i you know click past that's what it felt like originally yeah i can understand that for sure and it's it's a very like star trek always takes place on a spaceship or a station right and so like we're used to those types of visuals and this doesn't like this is the first Star Trek show that doesn't have the place itself as a, basically as a character, right? Every other show, the setting, the main setting was their ship and that ship right. itself was the character of the show, really. And this is, this isn't that at all. Well, I mean, if I just even draw a comparison to Discovery, Discovery, visually speaking, does not feel like the other sci-fi shows that I was talking about. It's not. I, it, it, it's its own unique thing, and it's it's pretty slick, and it's got good production value. And you maybe you're right. It's all because there's they're grounded by the ships, 
But I just feel that there's just something that started with Picard visually that just didn't sit right with me, but mm-hmm. it's improved. So yeah, so let's, uh, let's roll on here. So they hike on over to the Borg cube where they find, uh, Locutus. Yeah. We forgot to mention that on we a did. previous episode when he was on there and just some random Borg dude just says Locutus. I know. <laughs> we got the same thing here and that was fantastic. It, oh, I did man. a spit take on the first one and I did like, it again this time too. Like, oh, Jim, what's up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's it going, hey, look, Jeff? Look cutest. Yeah, I'm What's so, going, man? You know, you wanted to just, you know, give him a high five, you know? Give him some skin. Yeah, give totally. me some skin, yeah. you know? This is skin, low cutest. Yeah. Got a little secret <laughs> handshake going. Oh, man. Up high. That's a weird choice from the show. It's so casual. It's like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't really mean much now, right? You're good. That's so okay. Well, I mean. He's dealt with that, but still, I think it's funny. Though. It is. It's hilarious. <laughs> and like, he was low cutest for like, well, like a half an hour. I mean, <laughs> it, it is like, it just, it seems weird. It's almost like, it's like he's the Borg equivalent of a celebrity, <laughs> but that's like true. an Instagram celebrity. Like it was like 15 minutes and then over. Yeah, that's right. That's fantastic. Uh, it's bizarre, but you know, I, I dig the humor. I, I like it and, and and they don't linger on it. So that's obviously just a line to make you laugh. That's the way I yeah. interpret it. So it's okay. I guess so. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. It's. It is funny. But, but if their intention is to raise a little bit of the tension with, with Picard entering the, the cube and it's like, Locutus, and it's like he's taken aback. I mean, that tension is completely gone and wiped away oh, the way yeah. they're filming this. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's it funny. is funny. It's humorous. He's <laughs> <laughs> like the one, he's like a one hit wonder with the Borg, you yeah. know? He's vanilla ice. He's vanilla ice. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> anyway, so we find, uh, so seven, seven and nine is there. And fuck Elnor. <laughs> he's the Luke Skywalker of the show. Let's just yeah. Amazing. You want to like him, but he's just useless. <laughs> he's the, he's a uh, Tatooine Luke Skywalker. For no, sure. I'm, not, I'm not even giving him that. He's uh last Jedi uh Rise of Skywalker, Luke Skywalker. But we'll leave it at that. Just ignored. <laughs> it's like useless. It's like you're there. Yeah, don't don't, don't do worry it. about this guy. Yeah, don't yeah. worry about this guy. <laughs> it's so weird, right? Because. They made a big deal. Like we had to have a whole episode about where we recruit this guy onto the squad. And he, he's, um, uh, I like him, but now they're just leaving him with the Borg. So what's, what's his function? Like, yeah. Yeah. What's his function? Why did he, why did he get included in this whole thing? It just seems really weird, right? From a structural perspective where they built up many episodes to bring this new ensemble together. And we have two for sure useless characters, Elnor and Agnes. I mean, Rafi's obviously. She has some use. You know, yeah. She has some use and she seems like they spend time on her. She's important. And Rios is, I need somebody to fly the fucking ship. So I, I mean, I like him, but, mm. but you know what I mean? Like it, why did we need this character? Why did we need to spend time? We spent a whole episode on this kid and yeah. I like him, but now we, if you give us a character that we like, give him something to do, make him important to this whole thing. You know, and no sooner do they meet Seven and Elnor that they go like, okay, you good? We're good. Yeah, you good? Yeah, we're good. Okay, we'll see you. And then they just fuck off. And it makes no sense because he's going into an unknown situation. So you think he'd want some bodyguard there a little bit? Yeah, some, some backup. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure we can make some guesses. I honestly, honest to God, don't know anything about the next episode. Mm-hmm. So I've been avoiding any any talk online or anything like that. So I'm going to venture a guess that him and Seven will come in and raise some hell hmm. 
in in the next episode. So oh, uh, there's no question about that because they've got those 250, which we'll get to the 250 Romulan warbirds that are closing in on the planet. There's no way that they don't play a role, right? That's Seven that's and right. and El- and Elnor. So. But I agree. I think that there's been some, and you can comment on this too. I think there's been some major rewrites halfway through the epi- uh, the season yeah, here. It feels yeah. like there's a massive change in story. It, it and does, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, I figured with a show like this, like it's not the old Trek days where you had 24 episodes and you just kind of went episode by episode. So you might drop a thread here, pick up a thread there, and maybe things didn't all work out later on. And, you know, if you abandoned storylines, picked up new ones, and some characters had this. And, you know, that's just kind of the nature of it. When you had that many episodes in a year, you were just kind of writing as you went along. But in this era of television with streaming, with online, the online shows where you have 10 episodes, they break the whole season before they even start shooting. Like they don't, they're not shooting episode one and writing episode six at the same time. They've got the whole season mapped out. They might not have finished scripts ready to shoot, but they've got the whole. So, you know, what you say is like, you know, there maybe there must have been some rewrites at some point. Like, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. There must have been because it doesn't feel like they're ending where it felt like they were starting. I'm wondering if and not that this is an excuse because it would be a piss poor one. But because they realize at a certain point they're going to go ahead with season two, then mm-hmm. maybe they made some changes, and I guess we'll find out how episode the next episode mm-hmm. ends. But maybe. maybe maybe this plays a part into that. I'm not sure. That could be. No. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out in a few days. But um, and you know another thing that they definitely dropped here is you know Picard's like, well, "Where's Hugh?" And then that was it, right? They didn't. Yeah. They talk about that. He he died in dramatic fashion last week, and. Picard's like, where's you? I'm like, um, yeah, and that was it. Actually, I, I made the wrong reference to Luke Skywalker when I was <laughs> watching it. I, I thought it was Elnor, but in reality, it was Hugh. Because just like at the end of The Last Jedi, no one gave a fuck that Luke was gone. Everyone seemed happy on that ship. Didn't make a difference. So, Well, they were happy that they got out alive wow. in The, in well, the Last Jedi. Well, he's just as useless. So Elnor and Hugh, and Hugh are, are the Luke, Sky, are Luke Skywalker. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, <laughs> I liked I liked Luke's wig better than I like Elnor's. So that, that's right. No, it's too, it's too bad. I think Picard does. It's disappointing mm-hmm. that I see Picard. Just I think it's a one liner. At least he got treated better than Akbar. But I guess uh, it was kind of a one liner. Just poor Hugh. I think that's all he said. Something along those lines, right? It was something along those lines. Yeah. And that's it. And I would think that there'd be you, you would give the character a bit more than that. I don't know. I would think so. Like, I feel like they should have given it a little bit more. Why? It's weird that they did. It feels like there's a scene or a whole sequence that's been cut out of this episode. That doesn't, it just didn't make any sense when I was watching. I'm like, wait a second. We're not, we're not talking about you at all. Why not? Doesn't make any sense. Like, they, Picard's just like, man, whatever. Just another Borg or something. I don't know. Yeah. Picard's a user, man. He uses people. He is a user. <laughs> he is totally a user. <laughs> you got what he wanted? No, fuck off. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thanks, so. you. See ya. <laughs> Inspirational. This other ex-Borg is way hotter than you, Hugh, so yeah, fuck you, off. You have been replaced. <laughs> so the new so Borg now slogan. That, now that we're, now that we're, we've checked in on uh, the Borg 
and they've got nothing useful out of them. They hike all the way back in the other direction. Before we go there, though, can you enlighten me? Because I was confused on what's happening. Okay. So Seven is just going to repair the intention is she's just going to repair the ship and go away. Or she, I guess they talk about that they're, he says, you know what? You are going to have to save the galaxy now along those, something along those lines. It's up to you now. Cause Picard, I think she says this is it for you. Cause I think Picard's kind of acknowledging at this point, and he did it before when he, when he talked to the crew about his illness. And even when he left earth, he kind of figures this is his last mission. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's kind of saying goodbye. This is where he says goodbye to Elmore. He says goodbye to Seven, even though he doesn't have a, too much of a connection with her. But And then he goes, now it's your turn. He's passing the torch to Seven to kind of be a protector, do the right thing or, yeah. or whatnot. But there's no real, outside of just saying, do the right thing, there's no plan with the Borg here. She's just repairing the ship and their intention is to leave? Or do they recognize there's an armada of Romulan coming there? I don't think that's revealed here yet. It's revealed later. Okay, good question. I don't think there was... I don't think they knew the Armada was on the way, but I think they must have assumed that they were coming. Like, because they knew... Like, they knew that What's-His-Name followed them. Merrick, so, yeah. Merrick, yeah. So, they, so I, I thought there was some mention of that. I don't know. I think there was some mention of it. Okay. But it, it didn't seem super urgent. No, no, it didn't. Oh, wait a second, though. Wait a second. No, they did know because they had urgent, when they got to the Android village, they were saying like, we only have like 48 hours or something like that or less. And that was before Narek showed up. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So, okay. yeah. So I think they did know, like, yeah, that they're, the Romulans are on the way. Fair enough. So they, uh, okay. Let me ask you this question. So they get, so they hike all the way across the desert again to get to the Android village. What did you first say? I, I thought of an old episode of Star Trek. I want to know if you thought of the same thing. It de- it definitely had that feel of a TNG episode. I, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to place the episode itself in terms of the similarity to that, uh, no, I wouldn't say village, but that house in the hills or whatever it is. It just felt like it was like a, a mental health institution. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> I was walking up to it. That's like that's what I felt. It felt to me like that uh, planet they went to. Remember when when Wesley uh, stepped on the grass and they were going to execute justice. Justice. Yes. (laughs) Hey, I got the episode title right. (laughs) Oh man, that it's a it's a very good comparison. Definitely had that vibe. (laughs) They're all wearing like skimpy outfits and they're all super hot or not super hot, but like like '80s hot. You know, where nobody's like jacked, but they're all tanned and tall and stuff you know yeah i mean i i want to say this uh, i'm sure you would you were going to get into it i I did appreciate some of the makeup here how Mm -hmm. it was kind of a combination some people some of the synths looked more human and some were Mm -hmm. a tribute or an older design to what we are used to with data yeah like the gold skin and the eye and the yellow eyes and stuff yeah i was hoping for i was hoping for info because you know data is the one android and maybe his uh there'd be Another one of him, and his name is Info. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Oh, shit. That would have been great. (laughs) You know where I would have put the money? (laughs) Right there. (laughs) That's the cliffhanger. (laughs) Better than B4, that's for sure. That's right. <laughs> oh, boy. But speaking of uh, Brent Spiner, so they get to the uh, the village and we get a little retcon 
thing here with the introduction of Dr. Sung's long-lost son, whatever the fuck this guy's name is. Alton or Altair? Alton. Alton Inigo Sung. Yeah, what'd you think of that? So we got Brent Spiner back. It's nice that Brent Spiner gets to be on Star Trek without a bunch of makeup. I guess, like, it's kind of cool to see. It's probably nice for him, but, yeah, that's some bullshit, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. I don't know if this is, unless there's a certain reveal, and he's also a synth, um, and he doesn't even know it, kind of like the Sung's wife in the right. uh, TNG yep. episode there. I call BS as well. I don't see how mm. he could be a biological son. No, I, I don't see it either. I mean, I guess if we assume that he's the same age as Brent Spiner, which is about, what, like 69, I think, 70 years old? So we go back 70 years. Sung was an old man 30 years ago. Could be a grandson. I don't know. Yeah, well, he's not, though. He's the son. Like, they said that, right? Why don't they just make him a synth? Unless they're going to reveal it. <sighs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Is like, what? I don't understand what the point of that was, because we never heard of this guy before. No. Who's the mom? Is it Was it his wife that he turned into an android? Like, it's not inconceivable that the guy had a kid. It's just... Yeah, I have a question for you. Would you think if, if Brent Spiner, he wanted to play a human character or not put on the makeup, mm-hmm. do you think that this could have been the next evolution of Data? And Data finally achieved... Like, they remade Data, and he's human, but I also think that that's a cheat to the character as well. So, mm-hmm. and And then all the sacrifice from before becomes null and void and... And the whole journey and all that stuff. So right. I'm glad they didn't go there, but I had that instinct that what happens if they just made him data or, you know, they have a Spock two, here's a data two, and he is now human. He has emotion. He has human skin and all that stuff. So what what do you think if they went that route? You can't just do that off screen. Like if that's, if that's a thing they want to do and, and have a journey for data, I theoretically, I'd be all for that, but. You you can't just you can't do that without us along for that ride. You can't just show up, you know. Yeah, I agree. Like if they had done a thing where if we walk into this episode and they're trying to do that and Data's on a table somewhere or the you know like they're trying to rebuild him because they've I don't know they recovered some pieces of his neural net or whatever from Nemesis and they're trying to rebuild him in that event you know and they get they would know, be fine with that. But but not just to be like just to walk up and be like hey everybody <laughs> guess what I'm back yeah old no, yellow eyes is back yeah not yeah the old yellow eyes is back <laughs> not that would that would not be okay this isn't much better though no I was gonna say I don't think this is better at all and it's hard it pisses me off because it's so awesome to see Brent Spiner yeah no it was kind of weird and I'm glad that they kind of played it coy or not coy but they kind of they weren't like really gelling or cause they had no right to gel. But when Patrick Stewart met him, he didn't really have a reaction outside of him saying, you look like data. I feel right. like I'm seeing data, but it wasn't like they were buddy buddy after that. And I kind of liked that just for yeah. the sake of getting the old gang back together. So that was good to see. I just hope that this character has something to do of use of function. And I'm not sure he does. No, I, I agree. It, it, it <clears throat> I'm worried that he's going to be too mad scientist villain, uh, like. Because as we kind of get on with that here, we see that he has constructing what I presume to be another android, but of the biological sort. So like these, mm-hmm. these sort of third, second or third generation androids. And they're talking about consciousness transferal. 
Yep. And what was your first instinct when you heard that? And I had an instinct right away. Where do you think the show's going with that? Uh, they're going to transfer Picard to an android body? Yep. Yeah. That'd be weird, right? Yep. <laughs> but we know that that technology exists in Star Trek. Yep. But uh, I think it's a cheat for the character of Picard, too. I I don't know. I don't... I don't think they're going to go that direction because it just like, why would they do that? Because he is, he's cause then it'd be like, well, why, why is he walking around like an old man? Like, cause then we got bionic Picard. And he's just be, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just punching fools in the, in the face. Like you know he, he saw Terminator, you know, a dark fate. And he says, Ooh, I like that. <laughs> he, he'd be like in uh UHF where he's just like, <laughs> Impaling dudes with his fists. Yeah, Gandhi you know? too. Awesome. Gandhi too. Yeah, exactly. Great callback. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I, I, it doesn't strike me that as that show. Like, I don't think they're doing that. So are they going to try to, but I mean, they're trying to do something with it. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, if they go down that route, I want Brad Spiner to go up to him and say, wash day tomorrow. Nothing clean, right? <laughs> and yeah. then he just like ran. Nothing his- clean. Right, and then he just obliterates that motherfucker. <laughs> then it's worth it. Yeah, that'd be fucking great. <laughs> Jean-Luc Picard, the Terminator. Oh, that's great. Takes on the entire Romulan fleet himself in space, just murder-punching Romulan warbirds in the face, <laughs> Liam Neeson style. Season two, JL on the DL, right? So there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what else did we discover in the in the uh, android village here? So we get the other Soji type android who has the gold skin. So um, Sutra, that's her name. Sutra, right. Sutra, yeah. I didn't like the makeup job with her because only her like face was gold, was but it? none of the rest of her body was gold. Like uh, her hands were normal and okay. shit. Maybe I didn't catch that. But actually, uh, a lot of be. the uh, gold androids were like that. Where it's just the face. Weird. Well, if that's the case, that is weird. I, I don't think I noticed that, but I'll take your word for it. Okay. It doesn't, we don't need to linger on it. It was just a small detail that uh, we get hung up on. Okay. So let's untangle a bit here because I don't know if I caught it, if it's there. But obviously Maddox was on this planet and found Dr. Sung Jr. So did they collaborate on the androids? Like who was, what was their relationship? Like how did that all play out? Because obviously these androids are, They've been doing this for a while, and 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 Maddox only left a few years ago. Yeah, I think there was a line thrown that Matt, they did collaborate. Maddox did one part of the design, or cracked one part of the design, and then Sung took it over. Mm. And then once that kind of was perfected, he left, maybe because of Agnes or whatnot. I mean, I don't even know how all that happens anyways, so who knows, right? That whole story is just a mess. I yeah. Don't, it's just... To me, Maddox was just a MacGuffin to get him here. And, and yeah. That's it. it was, I mean, at first when they were talking about Maddox, I was like, okay, that's cool. That's a, you know, that's going back a ways into Star Trek lore. I'm glad they're respecting that, but it, it kind of amounts to nothing. Nope. I don't think so. I, I mean, yeah. I agree with you. I don't think it amounts to anything. Yeah. No, it's kind of too bad. So, um, but what, okay. What's going on here though? Can you explain it to me? So now about this whole vision stuff and okay, and, right, and what's happening with the new Soji, evil Soji, or were they waiting for this moment to happen and she's taking advantage of it, or because of this vision, she's now 
Mm. Turn, they're going to all turn evil. Like, what's really going on here? Evil Soji, who can mind meld, which is interesting, because we're going to need to unpack that at some point. How does an android mind meld with a human? Let's save that for later, because well, I don't even... D- Data could do the nerve pinch, but I know this is different. This is a little different. This is yeah. a psychic connection, right? Like, yes. the nerve pinch is just like a hard... Like, you're just pinching somebody <laughs> really hard <laughs> until they, till they pass out, like... Anybody could do it if they're strong enough, but like a psychic connection with an organic being, uh, that's a really interesting ability for an android. So I don't think, okay, so this was, oh shit. Okay, so she gets the vision, but she's the only one who can decode it correctly, I presume, because she's not organic, so she can process the information. It reminds me a lot of the Mass Effect video game series, where there's this race of artificial intelligence that's like lurking on the outside of the galaxy waiting like certain events where they would then come to purge organic life. And that's what this, that was exact. This is totally lifted from mass effect. Coincidentally, probably, but too bad. I didn't finish mass effect. Yeah, it is because they're fucking great, but I played uh, massive, most of mass effect too. Did you not? You played the first one though. I played half of it, but you didn't finish it. No. Oh, I don't know if we can be, I don't know if we can be friends anymore. <laughs> uh, one day I'll go back to it. We'll see. Greatest, the greatest games. Well, the thing is, well, that's another show. It, but anyway, this smacked of that where it's like, okay, there's this race of, this is okay. This is what I picked up. So you can tell me if you got this. So it's this race of artificial intelligence and they kind of monitor the galaxy for other artificial intelligence. And then, then when they get to a certain point, they come to rescue them from the organics that will inevitably try to destroy them. Yeah. Is that what you got? That's what I got, essentially. Basically. Yeah. Oh. So okay. there, there is that. But again, I don't, I think that's still in the past, right? That like, was in the, the past. Yeah. That's right. This is all in the past. A race of beings sent out this message and it's a cycle. Eventually, yes. from what I'm understanding and from the previous vision is that eventually, Mankind or humankind or whatever kind is going to eventually become advanced enough to develop artificial life and intelligence and synthetic life. And they'll become jealous and then try and destroy the synthetic life. And then the synthetic life will fight back, I'm assuming. Is that just the gist of it here? Well, I think the idea is that, like, <laughs> what happens is that the, like, synthetic life gets created. Uh, it evolves to the point where it's sentient, but once it becomes sentient, then the, then the, the, the pattern throughout history is that, like across the galaxy, is that the organic life then, once these, once their synthetic creations reach a certain point, they be, they get exterminated by That's the right. organics. Mm-hmm. So this other race, the overseer race. That's right. Steps in to prevent the extermination, destroys the organic life, and then like takes the synthetic life, it like, like brings them into their federation, if you will. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, come and join us. That's oh, okay. what I, that's what I kind of got out of that. So the Romulans that are able to understand this vision, I don't know if they understand, like, I think they might not understand the full scope of that vision where they don't realize that there's this reckoning coming for them. Um, they think it's the synthetic life that they, like all synthetic life has to be destroyed because they'll destroy us, but it's not, but I don't think they understand that it's an outside force that comes to destroy us because we're going to destroy them. But this is all for, for not because this is at one point you have to give the, if you are this advanced civilization just lurking in the unknown regions of space or whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking Snoke. 
Maybe it's Snoke, who knows. Um, but wouldn't they give, like, every cycle, every time this happens, wouldn't they allow the organics to foster peace eventually? Or is it their goal that eventually the, the current round of synthetic life becomes advanced enough that they can destroy organic life and at that point they, they bring them in? I mean, I guess. And, and their goal is just waiting for that violence and destruction and annihilation to happen. And that's their goal. And then they bring them in, allow them to come to their society or they step. Yeah. In. I don't know. I mean, this, I mean, obviously these are all unanswered questions and I'm pretty sure we're not going to get answers to them. You know, could be that they, cause they're synthetic life. Like they know that they don't, like they have to be created by organic life. So maybe their idea is that they have to wait for organic life to create the synthetics because otherwise they wouldn't exist. You know, like you, you can't kill God before he makes you, you got to wait till after. That's right. So uh, then I have the question for you. So we were talking about what's the point of the show. Yeah. So obviously we know that this annihilation of mankind is not going to happen. And somehow Picard will give some rousing Star Trekian speech to somewhat allow some form of peace to happen whether if even if it's not the end of next episode mm -hmm. uh, it would continue into season two i'm assuming this would be the conclusion of that arc yeah so is this without seeing the finale which is probably just going to be more action-packed than anything else mm -hmm. i'm assuming do you think this is enough like what's really the point here is, is this it if this is all there is and picard somehow through Shakespearean acting skills manages to turn the tides and they can mm -hmm. shake hands. What's the, and stop the cycle from happening. What's really going on? Like, is, is this, is there a point to this? Like, is, is this good enough based on what we've seen here? Uh, no, mm -hmm. I would say no, not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd say so too. I mean, I like yeah. this idea of this kind of society of sense, just, you know, allowing these cycles to happen. As you said, it's almost like, you know, they're playing God, waiting for this to, these events to occur and for evolution to take its course, even if it's artificial evolution. So I think that's an interesting concept, I, even though, as I said, I didn't play Mass Effect, so I can't, I can't compare. But yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting concept. It's just, I just think it's, yeah, well, it's it, not too little too late. No, it, it is an interesting concept. It's just, it, at the same time though, like what sets Star Trek apart from other sci-fi? is it brings it home. Like, like they use these grand concepts to make it real for us. And I don't give a fuck about the robot apocalypse or AI threatening humanity because I just don't think that it's a realistic concern for our society today as we record this episode. Maybe it will be one day, but the world's on fucking fire right now. When they're talking about AI, not good enough. It's just not good enough for me. Like the whole, like it'd be one thing if it was, you know, like you go back to, to TNG and all the, you know, classic Trek and all that. You know, you had 26 episodes or 24 episodes in a season. You could spend an episode or two or three on AI or some like high level sci-fi concepts that, that didn't come home, right? That didn't didn't really make, didn't have relevance to 20th or 21st century society. And that'd be fine. But for the most part, those episodes, like most of the episodes did, like they took a concept that was relevant today. They used the science fiction lens, the Star Trek lens and made it relevant. It turned, it turned it so that like you and I could look at it today and be like, Oh, I never thought about it that way. Cause it was a, 
relevant concept today. You know, wasn't far to stretch from today's issues to the sci-fi issues. That was that's part of what makes Star Trek great and has contributed to its longevity. But this, if this is just about AI, like the whole like ten episodes about the dangers of AI and how we have to like learn how to live with it, like that's not ten episodes worth of material for me, especially when it's Picard. Like if it wasn't Picard, well, it's and not even Patrick just Stewart. Yeah, it's not even just that. Like AI has already been dealt with on the show mm-hmm. and done very well. Like Measure of a Man, and there's another great ep- episode uh, too. One of my more favorite episodes. I, I'm not sure if you would like it, but you remember those little machines, those exocomps? The exocomps, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love that episode. Great episode, yeah. Um, and how they're, these machines are like helping each other to survive and then they sacri- one sacrifices so the other mm. can live. Man, that was fucking awesome. And you, you, you even felt for that little machine that did that. No, that was, totally. that was great. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I think you're explore, these are better explored in the one hour episodes than we're getting here. If that's agreed. all there is, so. Yeah, agreed. So I guess that's where I get, uh, I, I'm a little disappointed with, with where we're at. I mean, maybe they'll figure out a way to bring it all home, uh, this week's, on this week's episode, and that'd be great. But I, I mean, we'll see. I don't want to pass judgment. But anyway, let's, let's, um, we're getting a little long in the tooth here. So let's wrap up the episode here. So they come across Narek, uh, who's crash landed. They, uh, throw him into the brig, basically. And he works his little, he works his magic on, uh, the, on evil Soji to let him out. So she lets him out. She has some ulterior motives, but she's already seen the vision at this point. And they take Picard into custody, right? Because Narek killed that one synth. Narek killed the synth with a, that was pretty weak, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think that like, guy could take anything out. Let's just be honest. No, I guess not. <laughs> but well, yeah, but how? Well, I assume it was the aunt, it was the evil Soji that killed her, maybe. But because she was in on it, right? Like she's the one who let him out. Yeah, but, that's right. That's probably. But it what was happened. Yeah, he killed an android by like stabbing her eyeball. Yeah, shouldn't be enough. Shouldn't be enough. No, that wouldn't kill a computer. Like if I like puncture the glass on my PC's port, it doesn't blow up the whole computer and cause it to die. Uh, it, yeah, you're right. Yeah, just, it's just short. It's just shorthand so, for yeah. She's her. dead. Yeah, <laughs> so. she's dead. So evil Soji has a uh, ulterior motive, and then uh, Narek escapes. Picard's taken into custody. Um, Agnes says she's going to work with them to atone for murdering Maddox, who's important to them for some reason. I guess he helped invent them. Rios has been doing fuck all right. Yeah, I don't, he, he was at the village. I'm not even sure. I think he was there, but I don't know what he did. And, uh, Rafi, I'll assume, is taken into custody too. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, Rios and Rafi, not sure. There was okay. one moment, I don't know, uh, there was one good moment in the writing I did enjoy here. It was between Rafi and mm, Picard. The, the I love you, uh, scene there. Yeah, and he was taken aback. Yeah. And I think that was perfectly That's played. Good. That was good. I agree. That was, uh, that was a really good, that was a really good moment. She's like, you don't have to say it back. He's like, I don't. Okay. Yeah. And that was, that was exactly what Picard would say. But Very then Picard. because he's yeah. a little different now, a little bit more wiser, he did come around and just say it anyway. So that's, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. And I bought that because I, cause you're right. He has softened up a little bit, but. I actually felt for all of the shortcomings of the episode, he felt very Picard-like to me in this episode. Uh, what yeah. do you feel? But that, uh, that's, I, I think so. 
Yeah. I think so. Yeah, no, that was a good scene. Okay. And then and then we cut to the, the Romulan Armada closing in. How many I, ships I, they, how many ships did they say they have here? I think, I think two hundred and fifty is what they said. And the Romulan Empire is on the verge of collapse? Ah, uh, there's no like there's no yeah. there's no neutral zone, so they Right. There's no Romulan sh- space and I don't yeah, that's a good question. Where did all these ships come from? Yeah. I That's a lot. That's a lot of ships. And they're not the old, like, these are new, sexy warbirds, too. So they're, they've been built since the destruction of Romulus. Like, these are new ships. Yeah, uh, questions that we are not supposed to be asking. It's, so that they, is correct. They, they are just there for a CGI battle scene to occur next episode. I did like the design, though. Yeah, they, they, they look cool. Yeah. And you got the Commander O, who is mm-hmm. now, I guess, you know, Romulan Leader O or whatever, and there you go. <laughs> commander, what are they, what are they, they're Commandants, I think. Commandant or Commander Commandant, o, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I guess, yeah. and I guess, okay. Yeah, I guess Starfleet sure. Security's uh, unsecured at the moment, so. Holy shit. If that's Starfleet Security, Starfleet is in big trouble. You think that she would be using this to Romulan's, uh, Romulus's advantage, you know? Forget all this other stuff. Let's take over Starfleet. Well, you figure, I mean, they, yeah, why, yeah, why not? It looks easy enough, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> like, they clearly don't give a shit about Romulus, though, because they engineered the attack on Mars, which, yeah, which is another weird, Romulan race. Yeah, and I think that's another, oh man, you just, that's a huge plot hole. Because obviously, it's Romulan, these, these people, hacked those synths to cause yeah. the damage. Yeah. And the res- response was that Romulus was destroyed. Not destroyed, but its people were fucked. Right. By its own people. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big reach. I mean, that, I, th- I think they were trying to s- think what they were trying to say is like, this is how far they're willing to go. But because they didn't really spend any time there, it kind of falls a bit flat. Well, it falls a lot flat. I don't buy that at all. It's like, okay, you care more about destroying synthetic organisms than your entire species? Mm. Seems, just didn't seem, we didn't really talk about it. Priorities, Um, Jeff, priorities. Yeah, I know. There's so much to unpack. Yeah, I guess that's shit, man. I feel, we got off track a lot of times here. I feel like we missed a lot of stuff, but um, yeah, I guess that's kind of the episode, man. Is there anything else you want to, you want to talk about that happened this week? I think we covered all the big topics. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure we missed anything. Okay. I think that's it. It's, uh, I'm not sure how they're going to really wrap this up in an hour. Yeah. I hope that they, I hope it's a bit of a longer episode because they've got a lot of fucking ground to cover and they can't just end in a massive space battle because that's not Star Trek, you know, like they can have a massive space battle. But it, it has to be more than that. Yeah. Has to yeah. be more than that. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure there'll be more. And as I said, Picard will, I'm sure Agnes will save Picard and rescue him out of the jail and he'll give a speech. He'll do something and Rios and Rafi will join the board cube in space doing some fancy flying and or all that stuff. I'm not sure. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I hope he gives a speech because it's Picard. I hope so, but I hope it's worth it. That's all. Yeah. Well, I hope it's worth it too. So, uh, uh yeah, I guess we'll, we'll put a pin in it there and. We'll, uh, we'll hope for the best in the next couple of days and we'll be, we'll be right back in our quarantine zones, making sure that we get the word out to the people about, uh, our opinions on the finale. So nothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, no deadly virus will stop us from that. No. 
Well, yeah, we could try. I don't know if you're up for it. We can try and record on right after we watch the episode. I don't know if you want to, but I'm yeah, gonna... let's let's try it. Yeah, we'll wrap it up then. Sounds good, Jeff. All right, man. Well, let's put a pin in it, and uh, we'll uh, yeah, we'll talk to you again in a couple days. Sounds good. See you then.